0: And welcome to another episode of the Scarlet Nation Podcast on the Twenty Four Seven Sports Network. I'm Chris DeConis joined by Bobby Darren. As today, we're taking a little bit of a closer look at Rutgers men's basketball. Scarlet Knights coming off of a tough sixty-eight to sixty loss at the hands of number two Purdue. Um, Going to be right back at it uh, tomorrow night against Penn State at Jersey Mike's Arena. And um, looking at the schedule here, Scarlet Knights ten and nine overall, two and six in Big Ten play, but. Uh, Schedule lightens up a bit. Rutgers had some tough uh, matchups to start the year, And now you've got Penn State at home and then Michigan and Maryland on the road. Three straight quad two or quad three games and a chance for Rutgers to sort of build some positive momentum after having to play two of the best teams in the conference, Bobby.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it, you got to I'm saying you got to you have to win these games because you look at what's been going on. Uh, you know, Rutgers isn't really standing a, a chance against the Big Ten elite. Um, so th- these games are really important coming up. I mean, a- and you really I think, Chris, have to utilize that home field advantage or home court advantage, I should say. But I mean, Michigan down in the dumps this year. I mean, uh, you know, that's the, the, those in Penn State. I, I would say they must win games uh, the way things are going.
0: Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. Um, NCA tournament is pretty much out of reach at this point. I mean, looking at the resume, Rutgers would have to win something like 10 of the last 12 games of the year. And that just it doesn't seem particularly likely that that's going to happen. But if you can take, say, two or three, two of the next three games or even potentially all three, if things really go your way, because, you know, Michigan, Maryland, they're both on the road, but neither team has really looked very well. In fact, uh, Michigan is, I think, one and eight uh, in the month of uh, January, and they've got Mi- Michigan State coming up before Rutgers. Um, and no, neither of those places, I think, are going to be highly intimidating places to play, like a Mackey Arena or or the like. So I think there's an opportunity here for Rutgers to, you know, build some positive momentum. Schedule lightens up a bit. You've got Penn State, Michigan, Maryland as the next three tough home game against Wisconsin, and then you've got Northwestern and uh, Minnesota. Uh, There's a chance to win some games and sort of work your way, potentially, if things break right into the NIT picture. Um, But even that is going to be difficult if Rutgers doesn't start getting more wins. Um, So that, I think, is going to be key. If there's a chance of Rutgers playing postseason basketball, it's going to have to come from there. Um, On a uh, positive note, though, I think we have seen, even though the result didn't go Rutgers away, I think you saw some really encouraging signs from Rutgers in the second half. Um, You talk about the freshmen, uh, Gavin Griffiths, Michael Davis combining for 17 points, 12 of which came in the second half during that late push. Um, You know, I think the really key player down the stretch is going to be Cliff Amore, who after averaging six points and six rebounds in the first uh, few games of Big Ten play in the last three, Bobby averaging 16.3 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, and he's shooting 52.5%. So a much better, a much more effective Cliff Amore uh, these last three games. I think that's going to be absolutely pivotal for the Scarlet Knights if uh, they're going to build uh, some momentum heading into the month of February.
1: It is. It is. And, you know, uh, coming into the season, I think that was what everybody expected. You expected Cliff to have this monster year. Um, You know, you look at him last game, he struggled against Zach Eady, but, you know, that's one of the top big men. So um, he's not going to face guys like that. But I I think you're going to have to get some offensive production from him because you're just not getting it from the backcourt like they've done in the past few years. Uh, You know, Rutgers is just struggling to score points. And, you know, these comebacks, They'll come back in some games, but it takes so much energy just to get back to that point that it's so tough to get over that hump and take that lead. And when you don't have those scorers, so uh, it's it's going to be a, an interesting stretch run because, you, you know, we're not talking, you, you mentioned in the beginning, we're not talking about the NCAA tournament this year. You're talking about potential NIT. But I I think it's just important to finish strong, um, to put together a solid year. You're going to see a a completely different dynamic next year with all the guys coming in. But there's still a lot to play for, you know. And and let's, let's not get away from the fact that Jersey Mike's has become a very difficult place to play. So anything can happen in those home games. Um, you know, it, it's just creates such a great environment for the team. So when you look at all the home games, there's there's a chance I think in every game because of what the what jersey might really brings and, and and what you know these these guys have to come in and face and it's just it's just become a really tough place to play. So you know if they can utilize that home court advantage and steal a couple games on the road, you you finish in a 500 season. It's you know every team has a bit of a down year, but if you do it. On a year when you really don't have the horses, um, it, it says a lot about, you know, what you've done and what you've established and, and the ability of Steve Peichel to to coach a team up who maybe isn't the most talented team he, he's had during his tenure.
0: Well, that's the thing that I think has impressed me the most is the fact that while Rutgers lost a lot of key personnel late in the offseason, um, you know, have had some struggles, particularly on offense, the defense is still um, pretty Pretty in line with what Rutgers' standards have been under Steve Pico. Looking at the uh, Bar page for Rutgers, uh, number 10 in the country in adjusted uh, defensive efficiency uh, with a 92.8 rating, uh, number 39 in effective field goal percentage allowed. Um, you know, just a lot of defensive metrics uh, are looking really good for Rutgers, even with the personnel loss compared to last year. So I think that's very encouraging because if you have a Rutgers team that's playing tough defense, And you're playing in front of a sold out Jersey Mike's arena, which with the exception of the Indiana game, which obviously had some weather uh, considerations, um, you know, the atmosphere has not dropped off at all at Jersey Mike's arena. Um, There's no reason to think why Rutgers can't win most of its home games. Scarlet Knights have six home games left. Penn State at home on Wednesday. Um, Then they've got Wisconsin, who uh, right now is looking to be the only other ranked opponent. Uh, coming to Jersey Mike's arena left on the schedule unless something changes. Um, Northwestern at home, Maryland at home, Michigan at home, and Ohio State at home. Ohio State also going through some struggles recently. So possibilities there for Rutgers to win most of uh, the remaining home games, six left. Um, and then if you're Rutgers, you've got, uh, you know, a couple easier matchups on the road. Michigan, Maryland, Minnesota. Um, you know, the possibility is there to maybe steal a couple of road games as well. Um, you know, the, there's an opportunity for Rutgers to finish strong. And I think that's really the important thing, Bobby, to go back to your point. Yes, you've got this 2024 class coming in, um, but you want to finish strong for two reasons. One, there are going to be some key players that are going to be back, not you know necessarily someone running of eligibility like, like an Andre Hyatt, but, you know, there are other players that could be in the mix moving forward. And you want to see them finish strong, you know, looking at the freshmen and some others. Um, but you also for the perception of the program, I think it's important to finish strong because you know Rutgers right now is in the midst of recruiting um, some 2025 20, prospects, a few four stars, some really high ranked guys. And I think it's going to be better for Rutgers if they show a strong finish. You know, if you know, you've got this great class coming in next year, but you know, it's a little harder to sell when currently Rutgers is struggling. I think if Rutgers can show, Hey, we can finish strong. Steve Peichel can, you know, finish this year stronger than he began it. You know, I think that's a good selling point to say, hey, this is a program that's going to be back to its old self and potentially reaching new heights in no time. So I think for that reason, too, very important that Rutgers finishes strong.
1: I agree, Chris. And, and, you know, looking forward, you mentioned, you know, they need big cliff to, to turn it on and, and keep it on. But, you know, I would like to see improved guard play, obviously, through the, through the later stages, Um, you know, maybe, maybe some more, uh, more assists, more sharing the ball, more, more scoring, obviously. What are you looking for, you know, uh, in this team down the stretch to, to maybe, uh, maybe something that would help with that strong finish?
0: Well, I think uh, one key thing, and, and what I thought was the most encouraging takeaway from the Purdue game, uh, to the point that I wrote an article about it, is um, the uh, freshman uh, duo, uh, Jermichael Davis, uh, Gavin Griffiths, again, combining for 17 points. Davis was uh, four or five, uh, nine points. Um, Griffiths shot three of 11, although that's a little bit misleading. He, he looked as comfortable in offense as I've seen him all year, um, and it felt like things were starting to sort of click for him, which hadn't been the case up to this point. So if uh, the freshmen can have more nights like that where they can, you know, provide more than just like a nice play here or a nice play there, but actually like contribute and and sort of supplement the rest of the team, I think that's going to be huge. Because these are guys that you're going to want to see really put it together, not just to help this team win this year, um, but also, of course, going back to my previous point about moving forward and I think that's going to be really a key thing so if you can get more nights like we saw against Purdue uh, from uh, Jermichael Davis and from Gavin Griffiths I think that's going to go a long way towards Rutgers showing improvement down the stretch
1: yeah and you know you mentioned Gavin Griffiths so much hype coming in you know it, before Ace Bailey he was the the number one the top ranked signee ever in Rutgers basketball history and and we're not seeing, uh, you know, an impact freshman like some of these schools will, you know, guys come in and, and dominate and and really do it. He's, he's a guy coming off the bench, kind of struggling to find his place on this team. I mean, what do you expect from him down the stretch? And, and is this just a building block? Because I know he needs to add some weight, um, but maybe just getting used to it. Not everybody's a plug in and play kind of guy. But uh, I mean, could we potentially see more from him or or is it, you
0: know, is this kind of the bar for this season? I think we could see some more from him. I don't think you're going to necessarily see any nights where he goes absolutely off and drops like 20, 25 points. Um, I, I don't know if we'll quite see that, but I think you can see more nights like you saw against Purdue where he you know make some good plays, looks comfortable in the flow of the offense, which we haven't really been able to say much this year. A lot of times when Gavin Griffiths would come on, it would just be for a couple minutes and you know, there wouldn't really be you know much of a necessarily positive contribution. It always looked like he was trying to find his footing out there. And I think you, you've you been seeing it's the first time it really translated into points this go around. But I think the last few games you've been seeing Rutgers has sort of done a better job of figuring out how to use him. You're seeing him, you know, sort of in the corner a bit more, um, just looks a lot more comfortable, seems to be making better decisions. Um, so I think that's encouraging. Uh, you know, if he can show flashes like that against a number two team in the country, um, no reason why he can't do that. And maybe even a little bit more against, you know, the likes of a Penn State, a Michigan, a Maryland, uh, and so on. So I do think that um, there are positive building blocks uh, for him, and I think that's going to really uh, be a, a key thing going forward. But I do think the potential is there, to go back to your point, uh, for him to show more. I think, you know, there's a reason why he was ranked as highly as he he was out of high school. And even though it may be taking him a little longer than I think some fans hoped, you know, I think that's pretty encouraging for uh, Rutgers. And, and I think you're going to see more flashes from him down the stretch.
1: And and that's one they're going to need for next year, because he's a guy that could really flourish in, in an offense that features uh, Dylan Harper and an ace Bailey. And, you know, he's a guy that could get get some space and, and really knock down some shots. So I, I think we'll, we'll look to see a, a big jump from me from year one to year two. Pike does a pretty good job of developing players. So uh, you have to keep that in mind as well. But um you know, I, I think everybody's kind of itching for that next year, Chris, and, and you kind of feel it. You watch Ace Bailey and what he's doing. He could potentially be the number one player, and, and that says something because, you know, Cooper Flag was considered, you know, The elite and not only the best player in the class, best player in high school, bar none, um, any juniors or sophomores that are superstars as well. But, you know, you could Ace Bailey's a guy who could come out and be and be, uh, you know, one and done and the top draft pick in the NBA. I mean, I I don't think. we've seen anything like, I know my time covering the team we haven't seen anything like that. I mean, it, it, it's, it, you look ahead to next year. I mean, you just think of the possibilities,
0: what every night's going to be like in these games. It, it, it seems like it's going to be extraordinary. Uh, yeah. I think you, you've summed it up pretty well. Extraordinary. You've, you're going to have two Players and not just are, are very, very promising freshmen just in terms of talent, but there's a flashiness to them, especially Ace Bailey. It feels like yes. you know, every time I, I look at one of his game uh, highlights, it's just there's always a few things that sort of make my jaw drop and go, wow, I can't believe he did that. Just the athleticism, right. the shot making ability, the playmaking ability. Um, you know, I I, I, I was joking uh, with a couple friends saying, hey, you know, SportsCenter might have to block out 30 seconds in their nightly block just to, you know, get an Ace <laughs> Bailey highlight in because it feels like he's going to have one every night. Um, and Dylan right. Harper, of course, I think is going to be a breath of fresh air to that backcourt. Just you know, not just with his scoring ability, but also his playmaking ability. I think that's something else that Rutgers is really lacking is a true, truly consistent playmaker. And I think you know you've seen flashes of that at times from you know Derek Simpson, a little bit from uh, JerMichael Davis, but it's just going to be a different level of playmaking. And I think that's going to be big, not just for his production, but for the production of the rest of his teammates, Gavin Griffiths being among them. And I think you're going to see you know. From the jump, there'll be some growing pans, as there always are with freshmen, but I think from the jump, you're going to see, um, you know, a a real uh, step change in in what Rutgers' backcourt looks like next year. I think that's going to have ramifications for the rest of the team.
1: Yeah, and it's just. It's just, you know, it, it, people have talked about it. You know, when I started this, John Otis had told me, you know, you you didn't see the rack when it was alive. And and then, you know, for years it kind of, you know, you saw a glimpse once in a while and then it became to be what it is, Jersey Mike's Arena now. And, you know, but never before have we even discussed possibly having the number two and three players in the country come into Rutgers in one season so uh, it's really tough not to look ahead because it's just unprecedented so um, you know I I think you can see that in the fan base too it's just kind of everybody's waiting for it and and, uh, I mean it might be pandemonium every game next year but um, you know uh, wrapping up now Chris anything else uh, closing thoughts that that, that really stick out you know you're there uh, with the team Uh, any 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 thing that really sticks out that you might want to mention.
0: Um I think we've pretty much touched on everything, you know, this is really going to be this next three game stretch between now and uh, when they host Wisconsin on uh, February 10th. I think that's really going to tell us, you know, if Rutgers can really dig itself out and and have that, you know, more respectable finish that I think um, you know, Rutgers feels it can and I think it can. Um, you know, cuz you've got Penn State, Michigan, Maryland. So just go back to that point. That three game stretch I think is going to go a long way to determining where Rutgers can be and you know, I think a somewhat realistic goal at this point would be to try and find a way to get out of that bottom four first day of the Big Ten tournament. Um, and if Rutgers can win enough conference games down the stretch, I do think that's still in play. So I think that should be sort of like a goal for uh, Rutgers to sort of strive for. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, and I think it'll um, you know be positive momentum that you can, again, carry into next year.
1: All right. Well, thank you for the insight, Chris. And um, thank everybody for listening. Uh, you know, we're here all the time, 24-7 talking Rutgers basketball, Rutgers football, Rutgers recruiting. Uh, jump on the round table, converse with myself, Chris, Sean Brown, Brian Doan, the whole gang. So uh, thanks for listening. For Chris Sakonis, I'm Bobby Durham. We'll see you next time on the Scarlet Nation podcast.